to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hey, before you take your seats, uh, yes. If you don't know me, I am Gavin. Gavin, one of the pastors here with home, my wife Jane here at Icon Church. And we do want to give you a massive welcome to Icon Church. And those that are watching online, if, uh, if you're new, we want to give you a massive welcome. So why don't we welcome everybody again that's uh, here, Icon Church. You can grab your seats and, uh, yeah, say hi. <laughs> so good. I feel that summer has come to an end. Do you feel that? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Sent to go by very quickly, but, uh, but we're in a great new season. God's doing some great things in the life of Icod Church. We're so excited for the, for the last quarter of the year, really believing for great things. The title of my message this morning uh, is Remain in Me. Remain in Me. These are some incredible words that Jesus shared with his disciples, and he obviously shared them with us as well. And we're going to look at those words in a moment. But I wanted us to think, to start off with this morning, of some examples of lives that have been what I would call well-lived. I don't know if, if like me, uh, you want to have a life that you would class as a life well-lived. And I love looking or reading at uh, those unsung heroes that we, we might not know about, but over history and over time, we get to know about those unsung heroes. And I've got a few examples uh, for you this morning, a few pictures to put up. First one is this gentleman. If you want to put that first picture up. No, that's not it. <laughs> No, that's definitely not it. <laughs> there you go. Does anybody know who that is? That's a guy called Oscar Schindler. And you may have seen the film Schindler's List. And he is a, now a very famous, what we would have called an unsung hero. But over time, we've gotten to know about this guy. He miraculously saved the lives of many Jews uh, from Germany during the Second World War. There's another picture I'd like to put up. This is a lady called Catherine G. Johnson. And you may not have heard of this lady until recently where her story came out about she's that famous American mathematician who was in that film Hidden Figures. And uh, I shared something about that a couple of years ago in church. She was instrumental to those amazing calculations for NASA that enabled the, those first and subsequent US flights into space, got those uh, uh, astronauts back safely as well. She's what I would class an unsung hero, somebody that you may never have heard about until recently, having an impact, an incredible impact on the lives of others. And then there's this gentleman, this guy called Bijou Thumpy, Thumpy, sorry, don't know if you've ever seen this guy or met this guy. He's a, uh, a great guy. He's the founder of a, an organization called Vision Rescue in Mumbai, India. And he's seen incredible work amongst the poor and needy. And has seen thousands upon thousands of lives saved and transformed. And he's somebody that you may never have heard about or known about. But if you go and read about him, obviously you can Google him. You can see the incredible work that he has done uh, in, in India. These are people that, you know, there are famous people down through history that we could recount and, and recall because they're famous but there are those hidden figures. There are those unsung heroes that only come to light maybe many years later, maybe even after they've died. But I, I believe here in this room, uh, unsung heroes. I believe there's potential in all of us to become those unsung heroes, to make an impact upon the lives of people around us, people who make a difference in the lives of others for good. 
You know, I'm sure there are many here that do that simple thing of com uh, sponsoring a compassion child. And I always love that thought that you are, you know, just sowing something into a child's life or into a family's life. And we never know the impact that that's going to have on that child, you know, many years later. And you hit, read the stories of some of those compassion children to see what they eventually became and what they're doing in their own countries now. And I really believe for, for you and for me that we can have just those impacts, that impact on people's lives around us. You know, and we, we're willing to, to let God use us. I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. He says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He says to the church in Philippi, a similar thing, live a life worthy of the gospel. Encouraging followers of Jesus to live that life worthy of the gospel. And I just want us to think about that today. How are our lives, how we can live our lives that are worthy of the gospel. That we're not just proclaiming good news, but that we're being good news. You know, that we're being good news to those around us. The kind of life that Jesus, I believe, has called us to live as followers of him. What does that, that kind of thing, that life look like for us as individuals and for us as a church? Well, we can look at Jesus. Jesus is our great example. His love for the Father was incredible, but also his love for the world. You know, he did amazing things. Living a life of compassion, of generosity, of being servant-hearted. We're going to turn to some verses in the Bible in a moment where Jesus calls us to live lives full of fruit, full of, of good fruit, where those around us, you know, are blessed and are flourishing. You know, they find peace, where burdens are lifted, you know, where they're unconditionally loved, where they're welcomed, where people feel that they, they belong. And ultimately, that their lives are saved and transformed. I love that thought. There's this great proverb in 11, Proverbs 11, verse 30, from the, the Passion Translation. It says, but a life lived loving God bears lasting fruit. I love that. But a life lived loving God bears lasting fruit. Some translations say life-giving fruit. For the one who is truly wise wins souls. I don't know about you, but I want to have that kind of effect on those around me. How do we see more of that happening in our lives? Well, this is what Jesus said. I want you to turn to John chapter 15, if you want to turn to that. John 15. And we're going to read the, the first 16 verses of this chapter. This is what Jesus said. He's speaking to his disciples. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be, complete, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love have no, no one than this, is to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. 
Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. I love those words. You know, Jesus, as I said, was speaking to his disciples just hours before he is about to be arrested and and sentenced to die. Firstly, let me say this. Jesus is the true vine. Jesus is the true vine. It's what he tells us in this first verse. I am the true vine. What does that mean? What is the significance of that? Well, I don't know if you know this, but Israel, God's people in the Old Testament were symbolized by the vine. They were known as the vine. It talks about in the Old Testament that they were transplanted from Egypt in captivity and put it and planted in the promised land where they were to grow and to flourish and to produce much fruit. However, for Israel, later in their history, this picture of the vine becomes more ne- much more negative. They had turned their back on God. And the outcome was, and it was prophesied in the book of Isaiah, that the vine would only yield bad fruit and it would eventually be destroyed and trampled on. And given this Old Testament backdrop, Jesus' claim to be the true vine had profound meaning. It would have upset some of those Jews listening on that day. That Jesus is the one to whom Israel pointed. The vine that would actually bring forth good fruit. Where Israel failed, Jesus succeeded. He succeeded because you know what? Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He is God coming to earth. He is God with us. And that's what Jesus was saying throughout the book of John. Look at me, come to me. I'm the source where you'll find true life, true meaning, true fruit. And that's who Jesus was. But what do these verses tell us about fruitfulness? Well, I think fruitfulness comes from remaining. It comes from remaining. That word remain, Jesus uses 11 times in these verses. And remain simply means to to abide, to, to stay, to dwell, to reside. And the picture that Jesus is showing us here for followers of Jesus, the life is not one where we're just popping in to see Jesus, you know, a couple of hours every so often. But it's a life of constant connection, a life living for him, surrendered to him, staying connected to Jesus. And Jesus tells us that we cannot bear fruit unless we remain in him. John 15 verse 4, it says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus said that, apart from me, you can do nothing. What did, do we mean by nothing? I mean, that's quite an incredible statement, an incredible sentence that Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, this passage, these verses, in fact, the New Testament was originally written in Greek and I checked out it out. I don't know much Greek, but I've looked at what Bible scholars have said and written about those words. And, you know, the Greek word for nothing here actually means, do you know what it means? It means nothing. <laughs> and other Bible translations... And if you look to other Bible translations, you'll still get that sense that without Jesus, we can do nothing. You know, Jesus living in us and through us, like I said, where those around us are blessed and they flourish because of Jesus being with us. They find peace and their burdens are lifted, that they are unconditionally loved, that they are welcome, that they belong. And ultimately, you know, their, their lives are transformed. 
And especially those things, I believe the things that God wants to do in us and through us have eternal significance because we're saving lives, not for just a day, but we're saving lives for eternity. We're having an impact on somebody's life that's going to change them for eternity, changing people's destiny for good. And that's the kind of fruit I think God wants us to have in our lives, fruit that, that is doing that kind of good in people's lives. Jesus is telling us that that kind of fruit only grows on branches that are, remain connected to the vine, to him. I'm assuming that not many here uh, are, are viticulturists. And many of us here have no idea what a viticulturist is, even. Do you know what a viticulturist is? <laughs> it's an expert of, someone who's an expert at growing grapes. Which, of course, I am now an expert uh, at growing grapes because I visited a vineyard recently. And uh, if you know me, Jane knows what I'm like. If I only have to do a thing once, then I suddenly become an expert. So... Uh, <laughs> It's the bake-off season and it's strictly season. And at this time of year, I know how to bake. I know how to dance. You know, I, I know everything. That's just, just the way I am. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. But uh, we learned some incredible things about a vineyard and particularly about the vine. But maybe another analogy might help you this morning if you're not too familiar with growing grapes. When we first moved to Chesterfield um, and we to start to be a part of building Icon Church here. And, and that was 30 years ago, goodness me, 30 years ago this year, we, we moved to Chesterfield. And uh, at that time when we moved here, I'd never written an email. I'd, uh, I'd never used the internet. I'd never used the mobile phone. A time that many of us uh, would refer to as the olden days. Anybody would use the expression, the olden days. <laughs> Those days are long gone. <laughs> Those days are long gone. Some may be pleased about that, some may be sad about that. But, uh, but we're increasingly more reliant on the internet and connectivity. We communicate online, uh, we use emails, uh, we use social media, maybe use FaceTime or Skype. And, you know, it's amazing that we can talk to people on the other side of, of the world, you know, using FaceTime or, or Skype. And uh, we talk to Jane's sister who lives in Perth in Australia at least once a year uh, in that way. But it's incredible. <laughs> There's a story there. There is a story there. Anyway, and we're also streaming right now live across the world again, which is amazing, you know, that people can be listening in today. My generation, <laughs> my generation, and I'm around 50, uh, when, I used to, when I used to speak to my wife Jane uh, when we first started, I don't know what you, do you say, dating, courting, going out, whatever you call it. Amazing. When we communicate, when we worked face to face, the only way we could communicate was using a good old fashioned landline. I think it was even a dial phone, which is, uh, and we had to be very careful how long we were on for because obviously phone calls cost money then, especially you certainly didn't reverse charges. If anybody ever used to reverse charges, and some of you guys don't even know what reverse charging means, but we did it once and we got into trouble. But it doesn't seem that long ago. But technology is moving at such a fast pace. You know, we shop online. Most things you can buy online these days and we do our banking online which is quite scary but you know it's it's a good thing and we have all our calendars synced uh, sometimes you know families have all their calendars synced together we we stream music and watch films all on our phones even which is amazing and I'm going to show you a picture which pretend you've not seen this picture before but if if I was to show you a picture and I'm going to show you in a moment you don't have to put it up on the screen just yet guys but I would say this, and uh, I would say that I would give you a warning because this image might, you, some of you might find upsetting. Okay, you can put that picture up now, guys. Now, that was a surprise. That was a surprise picture that you're not supposed to have seen, but you've seen it already. So just pretend that you've not seen it already. 
But I, I know that some of you, if seeing that, might get quite upset if that's happening to you. And those that are listening on podcasts, this is a picture of the internet screen with the T-Rex and the statement, there is no internet connection. And, uh, you know, I know for some of you, you might be traumatized by that when that happens to you. Because we are so dependent, you know, on that connect, connectivity. Have you ever taken your kids away and you've traumatized them because uh, you've taken them to this idyllic holiday home or this cottage, but you didn't have any Wi-Fi? <laughs> You know, that can be traumatizing for some people. Now, of course, life goes on without the internet. But the thought is that without Wi-Fi, you know, we can do nothing or we're very limited to what we can do today. And it's true, we can only be fruitful. You know, we can only be fruitful when we have the kind of life that Jesus describes, that we're connected to him, that we remain in him. You know, the computer or the phone is only fruitful. It can only work if it has that signal, if it's connected through Wi-Fi. And, and this is the kind of picture, if you like, the, the vine and the vineyard and the branches that Jesus has given to us. And just like we cannot connect to the internet by hitting the keys harder, ever done that? I've seen you doing that before. <laughs> a branch on a grapevine doesn't produce grapes by effort, screwing up its face, wishing the grapes into being. You cannot strive and strain to produce fruit. A fruitful life is not produced by striving and straining. Yes, there are things that we need to do, maybe indirect work to open up pathways of grace and of growth. But the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about only comes when we stay connected, when we abide and we remain in him. And this is what happens when we remain in him. It produces life-giving, everlasting fruit. And I believe for some of us here, God, Jesus wants to open up that that pathway, if you like, for fruit to flow out of your life. And the only real way we're going to get that is that we, when we're truly connected to Jesus, when we truly remain in him. And I've got three things this morning I think will help us to remain. To remain, just like Jesus says, remain in me. These three things. And Jesus talks about these things in these verses. So the first thing, remain in him. Remain in his word. Remain in his word. Verse 3 of John 15, Jesus said, You are already clean. Because of the word I have spoken to you. It's an interesting statement that Jesus says to his disciples that you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Jesus is saying, you've been with me. You've heard my words. Those words that transform a person's life. Those words that change a life. But you know the incredible thing that Jesus, I believe, is saying? It's not that, that you've heard my spoken word but you are with me, the living word. Jesus is a living word. You know, he speaks incredible words, but to know him, to, to be connected to Jesus, to remain in him, his words can change our lives, can transform our lives. God's, the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love that thought, that his word leads us, it directs us, it shows us the way, and Jesus does that. His word, I think, is, should be the food sustenance of our life. It makes us strong. It makes us fruitful. It makes us bear more fruit. It makes us bear better fruit. And that Jesus is the source of our lives. He is the one giving us the fruit. The branches can't produce fruit by itself, only when they're connected to the vine. And who is the true vine? Jesus is the true vine. In Hampton, in Hampton Court Gardens in London, there is a grape vine. It's called the grape vine. Maybe some of you have been to see that. It's the oldest vine and the biggest vine in the world. And it was planted as a cutting in 1768 by a famous landscape gardener, Lancelot Capability Brown. I'm sure you've heard him before. Famous guy. What a great name. Lancelot Capability Brown. 
And this vine is now 250 years old and 40 metres long. It takes up four greenhouses, greenhouses and it produces 300 kilograms of grapes every year. And the grapevine has one root, which is at least two feet thick. And despite its age, the vine produces that many grapes every year. And also, although some of the branches are 40 metres long, they still bear sweet and delicious fruit because they're connected to the vine. And life flows from that single root throughout the vine. I love that thought, bringing nourishment and strength to each of its branches. And that's the work of the vine, you know, just bringing nourishment and strength to each of its branches so that they can produce incredible fruit. And that's what staying connected to the vine means. And to keep those branches producing fruit, you know, that the gardeners need to clean the branches and they need to prune the branches. And you know, that's what I think God does in our life. He cleans us. His word cleanses us. His word prunes us. It changes our lives so that we can produce better fruit. You know, what we're doing, we're not, the things that we do, it's not trying to make God love us anymore because God loves us. God loves you and he will always love you. But I think when we remain in Jesus, when we remain in his word, I think he's cleansing us. He's cleaning our lives. We are being pruned. I love this thought and we say often in church is that he loves us so much. He accepts us as we are. We can come as we are, but he loves us so much that he doesn't leave us that way. God's got so much more for each and every one of us. He's got a life for you and me that's so much more, so much more fruitful, so much more impacting our world. And Jesus, the word I believe is cleaning and pruning us so that we can do that in a, in a greater way and have greater effect. Paul, our lead pastor, said these words recently, and I'm quoting him just to get some brownie points, but uh, (laughs) he said this, and I love it. He says, the context of pruning is not negative. It's so that we produce not necessarily more fruit, but better fruit. I love that. The context of pruning is not negative. It's so that we produce not necessarily more fruit, but better fruit. God, clean me up so that my fruit can be better. I hope that's your prayer this morning. Remain in him, remain in his word. Secondly, remain in him, Remain in his love. Remain in his love. John 15 verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. You know, this is incredibly powerful. Jesus shows the disciples and does his amazing love for them and for us. And as much as the Father has loved his Son, Jesus, so much is his love for us. You know, there is a perfect love that God the Father has for his perfect Son, And yet that same incredible, unconditional, grace-filled love is for each and every one of us. We're imperfect, but Jesus, God loves us. And Jesus is showing that to us in these verses. And Jesus, I think, shows us that God is personal. And I love that thought. Some people see God as so distant that he's unknowable. He doesn't get involved in our lives. But Jesus makes God love love personal, that it's, it's in us by the Holy Spirit. God comes and dwells with us through Jesus. That's not a distant, unknowable God. That's a personal powerful loving God and he wants a relationship with you and me and Jesus comes to show us about his father he says you're a child of God and you're loved by the father I love that thought Jesus also shows us that God loves all people you know it's not just for a certain select few but God loves all people he loves the whole world he loves everyone and Jesus when you look at the life of Jesus he reached out to everyone the poor the sick the outcast, but also the rich and the successful. He reached out to them as well. He loved all people. And Jesus walked the streets, you know, sharing his life with all kinds of people. Jesus didn't only greet the outcast, but he invited them to spend time with him, to eat with them and eat with him and to tell them his stories. You know, when I read the stories of Jesus, I see how there is nothing that anyone could do that would scare him away. You know, Jesus loved everyone. 
And throughout the Bible, it is clear that he loves all people. The people that others despised, the people that other people hated, Jesus loved them and he went to them and he, he, he gave his life for them. You know, we're all in need of a savior. What is Jesus showing us God is like? He's reaching out to everyone. He's inclusive. He forgives. He restores. He welcomes everyone, whoever we are, whatever we've done. You know, that's the kind of fruit that Jesus displayed. I hope that's the kind of fruit that you want to display as well, that you're inclusive, that you love everyone, that you want to welcome everyone, that you're not selective in your love. When we find ourselves in Jesus, remaining in his love and grace, just imagine the kind of fruit that's going to flow out of your life and my life. So remain in him, remain in his love. And thirdly and finally, if the band want to come back, remain in him, remain in his community, remain in his community. John 15 and verses 12 and 13, he said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends, for one's friends. Love each other as I have loved you. I think there's an incredible power in church, in community, when we're loving one another. You know, Jesus chose his community. He said, that's why he says, I will build my church. I think Jesus knew that there was going to be this, this powerful uh, body of people, his church, laying down one's life for each other, loving one another. You know, that that was going to be a powerful thing that would impact upon the world. And he chooses uh, you and me to, and he says love each other you know we might have chosen a different group but hopefully we've chosen to to be in church we've chosen to be in this community I believe it's a place where we can flourish and grow just like those branches attached to the vine will flourish and grow I believe that when we're part of his community I believe we can flourish and grow it's what we believe it's our vision for human flourishing there's these great verses in Psalm 92 and we read them quite often in church but I'm going to read them to you again from verse 12 to 14, Psalm 92, it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will st still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. When we visited uh, a vineyard recently down in Cambridge a few a couple of months ago, in fact, it was last month, but... Uh, one of the things the, the, the vine manager said was, as the vines get older, they might not produce as much fruit, but the grapes get better. For the older vines, they might not produce as much fruit, but the grapes are so much sweeter, so much better those grapes are. And I, it made me think of the, these verses, you know, that even in old age, they will stay fresh and green. And I think it's a challenge for all of us, whatever age, yeah, do you believe that? <laughs> I think it's a challenge for all of us. When we go on this journey of following Jesus to stay fresh, to stay fruitful, we need to stay connected to the vine. Yes, Jesus. But also these verses remind us we need to stay connected to his community, to be planted in God's house where we will flourish and grow. We will stay fresh and green. We will produce good fruit. You know, if we become detached from the vine, we know what will happen. We'll lose that fruitfulness. We'll become ineffective. But I think as well, if we become detached from God's house, we will lose that, that sense of producing good fruit, you know, that we'll, we won't flourish and grow as much as we can. That's why we need to stay connected, stay planted, stay rooted in the house of God, that we don't stay on the edge of things, but we, we get fully involved, fully involved. You know, our true potential, I believe, in faithfully serving God in his house even in the small things, even when you think, and sometimes you may think that what I do might be small and insignificant, but I think when we stay faithfully doing those things, when we're planted, I believe we will flourish 
and grow, that we'll, we're all in. <laughs> I hope you feel like that. And I really believe that. And we see that all the time in the life of church. You know, people that are just going all in for God, all in for serving Jesus and serving his church. There's a flourishing, there's a, there's a growing, there's a fruitfulness. And I would encourage you this morning to go all in, to be connected to the vine, but be planted in God's house and to, to go all in. And watch what kind of fruit that you produce that you would impact all areas of your life, not just certain areas, not just your church life, but your work life, your home life, your relationships, whatever you're doing, whatever sphere you're in. I believe when we're planted, when we're planted and rooted in God's house, I believe that impacts all areas of life. I really believe that and we, we see that all the time. We're going to pray in a moment. In fact, you can, you can stand to your feet. Let me encourage you, remain in him, remain in Jesus, keep bearing good fruit, allow him to change your life, to transform not just your life, but those around you. That's what it's all about. That's what fruit, having fruit in your life is all about. It's not just impacting your own personal life, but it's seeing the lives of those around you changed. Remain in him, remain in his word, remain in him, remain in his love and remain in him, remain in his community. Let me pray and then we'll just worship for a moment. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus, the true vine. I thank you that, Lord, we can have this incredible relationship, being connected to Jesus, to remaining in him, to see our lives grow and to flourish, Lord. I thank you for the love and grace that you've poured out into our lives, Lord. I thank you that today you're changing and transforming lives, Lord. That today people are finding, Lord, that they're connected to the true vine, to Jesus. And I pray the fruit, Lord, will just grow, Lord, in our lives, Lord, that will just impact our world, that we can be those unsung heroes today, Lord, changing lives, transforming lives because of our connectivity with Jesus, but Lord, because of the fruit that, Lord, that we're just displaying, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship God. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.